0: It's time for the Top Shelf Podcast presented by the Game Sports Show empowered by the Game Entertainment Media. It's David McCaig here, and I'm not going to introduce the panel because I'm going to allow Avery to do that, as he is the host of this edition of Top Shelf, and it's the finale of Top Shelf, may I say as well. Uh, But before we get into a sponsor read by Alex and pass it over to Avery to take over the show, I've decided to jump in on the introduction and get some housekeeping items out of the way first one uh the first things first as i mentioned this is the finale of top shelf anyone wondering what's going to happen with hockey content with the game sports show very easy the same way that it's been the past six years if you're new uh make sure you subscribe if you're new uh but the, the hockey content will transfer over to the game sports show podcast which is hosted by yours truly until puck drop in october then top shelf will resume and of course. The Game Sports Show podcast will always continue to talk hockey, but any of that hot topic news will be all on the Game Sports Show podcast. So make sure to check out the Game Sports Show podcast when there's an episode, and all the other episodes of the Game Sports Show, such as full time, such as uh, the the Strike Zone podcast, and of course the special edition podcast. Now, the second housekeeping item. I want to do a little announcement for those who are tuning into this episode to get a little bit of a treat. Something that I've been teasing for the past, I don't know, 97 days, I think to be exact, is where I found in my notes. It could be more. Uh, but there is going to be a name change to a certain business. No, not the Game Sports Show. Obviously, that is staying. That's not happening. No changes there. But t is going to be getting a name change. And there's going to be a more formal announcement on the TGM channel and on an upcoming Game Sports Show podcast However, we want to give a little bit of a treat to those who are tuning in today to know what the new name of T-GEM is going to be effectively after Canada Day. And I'm going to do a little pretend drum roll. I'm not going to use my producer skills and try to get it in the background or edit it because I'm not going to get a headache on it. Parr shakes his head because I'm sure he can do it in seconds. Same with Catano. But the new name of T-GEM will be 91N. Uh, now, for those who have questions of 91N, save it. I'll answer you when I do the announcement up episode of 91N and Tgem's name change. Tgem will remain the same content, such as bitter rivals, strong minds, game sports show. Everyone that's on Tgem right now, and the whole philosophy, the whole business plan, everything of Tgem is staying the same. Simply, the only thing that's changing is the name. So it will be 91N, and the reason for the name change very simple. I go out in public, and people actually flat out didn't know the difference of the Game Entertainment and Media and the Game Sports Show. And I'm sick and tired of hearing it, so I decided I'm going to change the name of the Game Entertainment and Media so we can tell that the 91N and the Game Sports Show are separate entities. So there's a little treat, a little spoiler for everybody. Uh, big name change coming. Logo announcement will be coming up in the next few weeks as well. Uh, a lot of good things coming for that also. So without further ado, though, we got a sponsor, Reed. Usually, you do that after you open up the show, but now nah, we're doing it different here on Top Shelf in the Games 4, show. we like to be different. So, part, take it away for the sponsor and then pass it on to the guy in the beautiful Blue Jay shirt with a beautiful mustache. Well, you all three have mustaches, but his is extra, <laughs> a little extra. Yeah, where's yours, Davey? Do you only nope. save that I'm for November? Looper? Yeah, fact. I don't keep mine all year. I should. I you should. I should. I should keep mine. Maybe I'll consider that and I'll see if my fiance doesn't leave me because, you know, she's true. (laughs) Uh, But give me a spot. Give me the sponsor of today's episode. You you know Uh, who you know who
1: won't leave you, Dave? You know who who will never leave you?
0: Tell me, baby. Flawless
1: Roofing and Sure Seal Incorporated. Protect your investment and start from the top. Over 30 years experience. Where else do you think you're going to go? Flawless Roofing, the investment protector of the game sports show and top shelf.
0: Mm. That was top shelf, baby. That was bar down, actually. But that I shouldn't say bar down. That's actually a trademarked ca- thing, I think. Uh, but yeah, but it's also it, like a thing. A thing. Mm-hmm. Avery.
2: All right. Welcome to top shelf, everybody. Oh, my goodness. Are we glad to have you here? We had uh, a Stanley Cup final and so many other things that have happened in the NHL over the past couple of weeks between uh, front of office changes, coaching changes. Uh, there's been a couple buyouts there's been rumors started by bonehead reporters there's been <laughs> a Stanley Cup champion the Vegas Golden Knights six years into their existence have conquered the beast they have won the Stanley Cup just like uh, George McPhee said when in their first year crazy to think about so um I think I think the biggest thing for me is... Like, I can't think of a single expansion franchise across any sport, like, let alone just hockey, that was that successful that quick. Remember, they went to the Stanley Cup Final in their first year of existence. Uh, they rallied around the whole Vegas Proud thing, which was a tragedy, and, and they kind of ran with that and turned it into something crazy. And I think that's part of the reason that they became so popular in Vegas. I was looking at some statistics before they went in. I think it was, like, under 4% of people in, in the state of Nevada played the sport of hockey and look at what they've built for, for their franchise. It's, it's unbelievable. So I'll toss it on to Dave. What do you think about that? How are you feeling about the Vegas Golden Knights six years in winning a Stanley Cup?
0: Before I even get to that, do you know, do you remember who scored Vegas's first ever playoff goal? I think Par knows this, but no, no.
1: First ever playoff I'll give you, goal. I'll, give
0: you, I'll, do the, I'll do the countdown on the screen so people on video get to see that. I would guess
1: that.
2: Marcia so.
0: Yeah, me too. I
2: have to, yeah. Colin Miller.
1: I knew it was going to be suit related but I'm like, Emmanuel wasn't there at the time. I knew it had to be suit
0: tie. So So, Sue-native Colin Miller is the first player ever to score a playoff goal for the Vegas Golden Knights. And I remember seeing that goal and the eruption from the fan base when he did score that. He's going to be a trivia question forever for that franchise, right? But that's where I knew that Shit, They have something special. And it sucked because all year of their first year of existence, they drafted this excellent core of players, the right type of players, and they were good out of the gate. All right. And the owner, George McPhee, everyone said six years, we're going to win a Stanley Cup. Right. And they did. And honestly, how do I feel? I'm fucking pissed off. I'd be like, I'm not going to lie to you, but would I, do I want Florida to win Well, over Vegas? Yeah, I I truly did. And I know there's another Sue native on Vegas right now, uh, Mike Amadio. Sorry, Matt's his brother. Uh, But Paul Maurice is the coach of Florida, right? And Paul Maurice also a friend of the Game Score show. So it would have been nice for him to win. Uh, But besides that, to see a team that Toronto lost to win, I would like to see happen because every team that beats Toronto, they, they lose in the cup final. So it's like the curse is for real. Uh, honestly, Vegas is built like a playoff team. And that just makes me even more mad that Dane's not on the show today because the Edmonton Oilers have lost the Stanley cup champions two years in a row. And I would love to hear his takes. I'm sure he's having a great old time as an Edmonton oiler fan right now. And it makes me mad because I guarantee you, Edmonton would have beat Florida and probably won the Stanley cup if they made it on. Right. So it's, how do I feel, Avery? I'm pissed because it took a team six years to win, and I've been alive for 30, and I've seen the second round. Well, I saw it a good amount of times in the 90s. I've am I'm, uh, I, I Pario's only seen the second round once. <laughs> uh, so there's some people that haven't had the opportunity to see the second round a lot. I have. I've seen the conference final, believe it or not, in 02. Uh, so I have seen some success. But in the last 19 years, which is a lifetime after I saw them the second round, that it was an absolute – I haven't seen any success. So as a Leaf fan, I'm pissed. As a hockey fan, why not be a little bit excited? If you're Gary Bettman, I know he has Chubb going on. He wanted Vegas to win. He's excited. Uh, But overall, it was uh, the best team did win. They've solved Bobrovsky. They solved the case, right? And Kachuk wasn't the same. They found a way to beat Florida. Teams that uh, something that Boston, Toronto, and Carolina, and let me remind everyone, they swept Carolina, couldn't do. So Vegas is the better team, obviously, but I'm upset that they won because uh, I'm a bitters- bitter, bitter. Uh, what do you call it? It's bittersweet because I'm a Leaf fan, uh, but I'm also excited for them because they had a Sioux native on there, and they're truly all Canadians. Like they have 16 Canadians on their team, so that's why it's a little bit of a positive too. But the reason why I'm a little pissed off is because it took them six years to win, where the teams in the league have been there longer, and Toronto has won in 54 years, so it's kind of upsetting.
1: Without yeah. looking, can anybody look up? what they spent on their salary cap to conclude the
2: season. If I'm uh, not mistaken, they were, I were—I believe they were 14 over.
1: 99. Four, 14 over 96 and a half million. Oh, we're talking about great draft and, Oh, they played so well. No, they're cheating. Cause this league's a bunch of bullshit and lets a <laughs> bunch of stuff fly that it definitely shouldn't. Cause it's a terribly run league. That's why they won. Break the rules. Who cares? Make it up. Make up
3: new rules as you go. Who cares? Hey, this was me two years ago when the Habs lost to Tampa, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. I
2: feel To be completely honest with you, the funniest part about it is they just announced that Mark Stone is going to probably be in and out of seasons for the rest of his career. And all I got from that is he is a playoff cheat code for the rest of his career. I did not hear anything about Mark Stone's health or anything. I just heard this guy will be a salary cap loophole for the rest of his life (laughs) it's unreal um so an interesting debate that katano and i got into on uh, brp 100 what do we think about the future of vegas i want katano to start here because he had an interesting opinion after katano gives his opinion i want to hear maybe Parzi and then and then from you dave so what do you think about the future of vegas
3: i think very short term there's still contenders uh they got to lock up Aiden Hill, though. I think that's their only real, real problem. But I think kind of short term, the next two, three, maybe even four years, they're probably still contenders in the West. Probably one of the better teams in that conference for sure. And I, I don't get roasted here.
1: No, no. I think I think there will be always a market for free agents that want to go there because it's such a cool, unique city to play in, especially like for the NHL, where their fan base is good. They show up. Um, it's a little bit of a machine how they go through players. Like I know a lot of people complained about that, but I mean, if you were telling me I was playing in Vegas, I don't know what the taxes are like there, but the weather's beautiful. I'd probably go. I could probably see myself signing for like three years. No taxes. That's what I figured. Yeah, exactly so who's gonna say, man, nah, no, nah, I don't really want to go make all of the money I'm owed. Ah uh, no, they'll always have people that are willing to go there. so I don't really see them ever not being at least middle of the pack.
0: You know what I will say? So yeah, Avery. One thing that I will say quick, Avery, is that I feel like the celebration was very mediocre and not loud and sucked. But I'll I'll go back. We'll go we'll go to that in a minute.
2: Yeah. The other the other thing and an understated thing I think about playing in a lot of markets, even though Vegas is such a great market to play in for all of the reasons that you just mentioned, Parzi, I think the other underrated part is I'll bet you one of those players could like go to a mall in Vegas and not get absolutely hounded by everybody. And I think that's a very, very underrated factor when it goes into signing free agent contracts in different places. Like, I remember hearing a story when Florida was playing uh, Carolina in the in the conference final there. But Barkov was literally, like, a, one of the reporters, I forget who it was, was just walking through a mall and just stumbled upon Alex Barkov. And he was just walking around with his girlfriend. Like, nobody knew who he was. And he just... That's that's fantastic. You get all of the, the benefits of being a famous athlete in, in terms of money and, and competitiveness and all of those things and, and traveling around the country, but you don't have to deal with that. I think that's fantastic. And I think Vegas is a place like that and it would be another thing that would make it an attractive free agent destination. Um, my opinion on this, honestly, was I think I, I don't see Vegas being successful. They have four goalies on payroll if you include Aiden Hill. And he's a UFA right now, but if you're saying we sign Aiden Hill, to me, that's 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 just at the beginning of the season and, and as late as just before the playoffs, he was their fourth option. If you want to count Robin Leonard, who's been out on LTIR all year. He's back next year. Who knows, right? We don't know the situation with him. So you got him, you got Logan Thompson, you got Laurent Bressois, and then you have Aiden Hill. He's also a UFA, and I think somebody's going to overpay him. Honest to God. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, this
1: UFA crop actually, is garbage.
3: They only have one goalie on the books for next season uh so thompson is yeah thompson's the only one signed until 24 25 uh Brassois, hill quick and sorry and leonard on ltir but the other three are all uh, ufas this summer so they really only have the one goalie on the books so quick's quick is i forgot about quick honestly that's hilarious yeah. but uh he's a ufa <laughs> you're saying quick's a ufa hill's a ufa Brassois a ufa
2: so do you do you really think it's in their best interest to make that signing for for aiden hill do you really think he's that good?
3: I think question. he's earned it. I, I think he's earned it. He played phenomenally in the playoffs, made some massive saves in the cup final. I think he's at least earned the chance. I wouldn't give him like the, a massive deal or maybe a super long-term deal, but if you can get him locked down for a couple years at a reasonable price, like, yeah, definitely. I think he, you run him as your number one guy. And you think that's you, you, enough to take, take them to more Stanley cup finals. I think so. With the defense core in front of him: Petro, Martinez, Shea Theodore, McNabb, White Cloud. Like, yeah, I definitely. You know think what? So. I
2: can't argue with that. That was <laughs> those are four monsters that you just ne- you just mentioned. So, you know what? Maybe you're maybe you're turning my tide a little bit here, Gatano. I just and I didn't think they were much this year, and look what they did. So.
0: I don't think I've ever been as bored though. Like I, I have a thing where I'd like to watch the like, Stanley Cup celebration, and obviously I. As a, given our line of work and hobby, if you would say, I, I it, we keep tabs on everything that's going on, right? Even though it's difficult to watch, par, okay, it, it's difficult for, to watch.
1: There's I'm, so I'm, many reasons that make it difficult <laughs> to watch. I don't know where you want me to begin with that. The, and
0: I, I, when I saw the score of Vegas, absolutely just. <laughs> being unacceptable for florida i decided to just say all right i'll wait to the five minute mark in the third period and i put on the game and then i saw the celebration i don't know if it's because they had the score that they did or because they had the series where they did but the fans like it could be my television i don't know i think i got a pretty good television it cost a pretty penny so i just don't think it was as loud and as exciting but i think back in 2001 with ray bork lifting that cup in colorado won it it was electric when, um, heck, even when Anaheim beat Ottawa, I thought it was louder than that. I, I uh, times that it's been, um, where, whom I think is Chicago, right. When they ended up winning their second cup at home, when they won their first cup in 50 some years, Patrick King won in Philadelphia and that overtime winner. But I feel like the fans are really into it. Like imagine the bell center. Imagine Scotiabank arena. Imagine even Madison square garden. Okay. <clears throat> The Scotiabank arena, I would tell you right now, all of Canada would fucking shake. I would make sure that I'm not dead. I would make sure hell didn't freeze over because if Toronto wins the cup, that's another thing in itself. But that arena, you wouldn't be able to hear... Gary Bettman come out, you wouldn't be able to hear anything except loud. People would be kissing each other. People would be throwing each other on the ice. Like, it'd be absolute madness, right? And I really feel like in Vegas, when I saw them celebrate, there wasn't a lot of clapping in the lower section. It's just a lot of people on their phones texting like this. They're taking pictures. They're doing selfies like this, right? I just really feel like the celebration just wasn't so exciting to watch. Um, But it was cool seeing people lift the cup. But I just really feel like it was a very lame Stanley cup celebration, something that I look forward to watching. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy the whole cup finals, to be honest. I felt it was absolute garbage.
2: I I can't argue with you. I, I I think I've seen more lively celebrations after winning a tournament, like a double B tournament in Gaylord. So, (laughs) um, and, and the hockey just wasn't that compelling. It was two non-traditional markets, which is great for growing the game, right? Like we, we understand and we can appreciate how, how that grows the game, but, that's just, I think, honestly, everybody north of the border. When we kind of realized what was what was going down there, it was just I shut it off. Like Parzy said, he shut it off. I tuned into a couple of games, mostly doom scrolling Twitter on my phone. I wasn't that interested, not gonna lie. And it's because it was I it it. First of all, I hated seeing Florida there just because I knew we should have beat them in Toronto. That drove me absolutely nuts, and it was really hard to watch them play. And I'm just not that interested in the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't like their Twitter account. I don't like their fan base on Twitter. And that's... I just didn't feel like dealing with it. I
3: didn't want to watch it. So... (laughs) I like the reason. No, I I think definitely part of the part of the reason they were qu- not quiet, but they were loud throughout the game because they were so ahead. I think that was, they, they had hit that kind of peak level. They couldn't get much louder. Like, you know, um, but I also think back to like Lekkonen's goal for the Habs and the, to send us to the cup final. That was like three to 4,000 people. Cause that was still COVID times. That's right. Loud, lou- louder than the Vegas arena. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like a limited capacity. So yeah, like the bell center, the ACC, Like we would, we would shake the country if we want to come for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And that's the whole point, right? And that's when as a hockey fan, you want to grow the game. And I understand Bettman's way. And I'm not a, listen, Bettman has done things to grow the game, but there's done, he's done both good and bad. And I'm not saying I'm a Bettman fan or not, but I don't know why you keep protecting Arizona, but we're talking different teams right now. Uh, But I just feel like Bettman got his wish. With the Stanley Cup final, two markets that are one that's new, right? Like, what's next? Is Seattle gonna win it next? Look how far they made it this year, right? Like, and it's 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 unfortunate because I really was looking forward to see guys that won the cup for the first time, the Marciusos, the uh, the Matios, uh, and also Stone, Mark Stone, the Canadians that they had, the Canadian blood on that team, and that that passion that they have when they lift the cup. I love seeing that, but it's just not loud. Like, I think it's louder when you win the cup in uh, EA NHL 23. Okay. Like when you got the volume cranked. I've, and by the way, if anyone's accepting GM statuses, I won the cup with the lead seven out of nine times. So if you're looking for a GM, I think I might be a guy. Uh, What
1: was your, what was your best trade? What was your best acquisition?
0: What a random question. Um, I think I traded for first overall for Bedard, okay? And I yeah,
1: yeah. So what did you trade? Like, I mean, you're like that's not
0: realistic. I don't remember, Par. It's like how long ago now? That's when the Leafs were actually exciting to watch a little bit earlier this year. But like I said, the Stanley Cup Finals were just a dud. It was a dud. uh, But it's good to see a Canadian, a bunch of Canadian guys win it. Uh, and at least Vegas is not like Philly fans where they chant USA and three-quarters of their fucking team is Canadian. Like, it's just, like, have some common sense, Philly fans. I'm sorry. Like, I saw that a couple times this year. I'm calling you out.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, just one of the last things. I don't know if you guys have anything else to say about Vegas. Catano mentioned this again um, in our podcast there. I thought it was the one thing about their celebration that was really cool is how they did it uh, with like it was classy, how they allowed the six misfits, the original misfits, the six guys that were originally drafted in the expansion draft and allowed that like Mark Stone took the took the cup right to them. They did it. And then everybody else did it. Catano, you go ahead. Talk about it.
3: Yeah. So we always talk about on Bitter Rivals podcast, like we like when organizations do things like the right way, the Habs and Leafs always kind of being kind of the standard for that. And I felt some of the expansion teams and newer teams don't always do things like the right way, um, but it was nice to see Vegas do that. It felt really classy. Uh, starting five of the six misfits as well in Game Five, yeah, just uh, it just felt like very good karma from from for the hockey gods from them. Yeah, good way to look
1: at it. Good they uh, passed it to Jonathan Quick before they gave it to Aiden Hill. That was
2: <laughs> wild. Yeah, <laughs> don't agree. That with was that. crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I also think as fans that we may look a little too hard into
3: that too. Like whatever, they're all gonna get it.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. that's fair. Like it, right. it, it, mean,
3: it, mean, it means something and nothing at the same time. Uh, yes, exactly, <laughs> yeah.
2: exactly. exactly. Yeah. Anybody have any any finishing touches on the Stanley Cup um, Vegas
3: conversation? Uh, I'll um, take it one. I'll take oh. it one more. Just uh, another shout out to Mike Amadio. I went to high school with him. Great guy. Shout out <laughs> to him for winning it. Yep. Um, this
1: isn't really on Vegas. This is more on the league as a whole. Um, I, I've been watching this game since I was probably about six years old. Um, I even tried it. I even played in a league for a couple of years, these last couple, couple winners. What a cool sport. Um, in the NHL, what's a penalty? I don't – I have no idea. Like, I can watch the NFL and the NBA and the MLB, and for the most part, I know – What's going to happen? I know what the rules of the game are. Sometimes, you know, sometimes there's some questionable things. I'm a Packers fan. I've been on the good side of a lot of bad calls for other teams. I get it. But I'm not watching, like, Aaron Rodgers get, like, punched directly in the face in front of a referee, and then nothing happens. And then later, like, a little guy gets a little oh, little slash on the hand. Oh, yeah, get out of here. Just leave the game. Matt Kachuk, leave the game because you're being annoying. Oh, oh, that guy just got stabbed? Eh, oh well, I don't I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. How are you supposed to grow the game to casual fans when they have to ask so many questions that people that watch the game can't even answer
0: for them? I, I look back to camp getting absolutely fucking rocked by Rat Gokuda. Not <laughs> a penalty, Dave, not a penalty. I'm laughing because you do that hit. I've talked about it on other podcasts. That's the type of hit that you do after the whistle in EASHL. Yeah! Okay, and that's where you get away with fucking, like, killing a guy. That is exactly what Gouda said the camp. He got rocked. He realized, he went, oh, shit, I just murked somebody. And he's, like, looking for a fight in E-Land, those guys are, oh, it's okay. We're Dude, good. I... I
1: jumped out of my seat, ready to beat the shit out of Radko Gudas, and none of the Leafs did anything. But yeah. the most important part is that the refs didn't do anything. And well, uh, like, like I just—I don't know. We're all Leafs fans here, so Cantano, maybe you could say like, "Oh, you're you're just being fucking pissy Leafs
0: fans. What do you know?" But uh that's I like would have Petrangelo on dry sidle. Let's bring that up then. The guy reached for the fucking moon. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Bruno Bondar grabbed his stick to slash <laughs> <Okay. laughs> dry side. One game. One game. Michael Bunting does that. That's five years out of the fucking league. All right. Oh my gone. god. <laughs> nurse got
1: suspended for one game for fighting a guy that wanted to fight him. They challenged him to a fight. And the guy's <laughs> like, yeah, I'll fight you. Yeah, Nurse. Yeah. Gonna have to write you up for that one. Oh, what's that? What's that? Um, I don't know who. Uh, Tricycle, you
0: got Batista bombed over in the corner? Eh, well, that's not a penalty. So look, Sam bennett on Matthew Knives. He got rock bottomed and RKO'd in the same fucking time, and he got up and went to the bench and said, Well, I'm fucking concussed. <laughs> yeah, and, and like for the most part,
1: like when you get injured, that plays into the referee's decision, which I don't think it should, but it normally does. And this goes back to my original point of what is
0: a penalty? The league reviews it, right? They they, they apparently review it. There's they? they say they do, but what happened in the same game? Sam Bennett did something to someone else, and I, again, I'm pointing about the league game because that's, like I said, where I was passionately involved. But there's another play that happened. Someone got slashed. It might have been Bunting, actually. It might have been Bunting in front of. The oh, NFL then team. it
1: didn't happen at all. Even <laughs> then, it
0: didn't happen at yeah. all. And he gets a five thousand dollar fine. But like it, like that is worth every fine. You just injured Matthew Nice. You took a play out of a game. Your, Sam Bennett, you got your fucking paycheck, man. Just for that one fucking one shift that you did all that.
2: And you want to talk about Gary Bettman? Yeah, uh, he says it all the time. We yeah. and it almost sounds like Donald Trump saying it. Yeah, we have the best referees
0: in the world. Mm-hmm. Best in <laughs> no, the world. You no, you don't. World class. Well, <laughs> you know, there's, a, you know, <laughs> I love I it. <laughs> I, you see, I like your point, part. You don't know what the hell's a penalty anymore. You don't know. And look at Wall. Like, you know, Steve Dangle said this. And no free ads. But anyways, I've, I've been able. I've been lucky enough to email Dangle back and forth. I'd love to be able to get him on the show. That'd be awesome. Uh, but so if he ever hears this, just, you know, don't hesitate to come on sometime. Dan. But I uh, might have a bit more free time now because he does just STPN. But again, more free ads. Uh, but he mentioned a very good point. I want to make sure I give him credit for it. He mentioned that that Racko Gudis, when he yelled at Joseph Wall in his face when he scored, that better be the fucking picture in the fucking Leaf locker room this year. That better be nine, 1900 by 1900. I don't give a shit. You take up the whole locker room on the floor even of Gudis' mouth just on fucking Joseph Wall's face. And what I love is no one did anything. Look – This is probably the first time in a lot of shows that I brought this up. I played hockey, and I can tell you, especially that goal that I know my season's done, I am fucking running you. I don't give a rat's ass how big you are, how much stronger you are. I'll get my ass kicked. I don't give a fuck. That's why I signed up for this sport is to get my ass kicked by someone bigger than me if I stand up against them. So what? So be it. If I, I would have literally rang Goodis. I would have hit him so fucking hard into the crossbar from behind. I would have got suspended for the entire year because that was a fucking joke. There's no fine on that. The penalty, the fines, everything's bullshit. Okay, everything, you just don't know what a call is anymore. You don't know if you trip someone. Oh, it's clean, but the next time someone gives someone a little bump. Oh, elbowing, uh, elbowing. You know, like they don't know what they're doing. Wes McCauley hates the Leafs. There's a guy named Tim Peel who's not a ref anymore. He's the guy. I
1: hate that fucking dude. (laughs) I hate that guy.
0: I have him on Facebook. Send him a message. He'll answer you. It's hilarious. He thinks he (laughs) opened up about his referee call, where he talked about where he made the game even. I don't know if you remember that even up call. Yeah, call, and he got caught on a microphone. Listen, it happens, and it probably still happens, but the refs nowadays... Probably. Don't yeah, it
1: happens.
0: They don't know what the hell is going on. It's a joke. Dude, referees a joke. Everything was a joke.
2: Chris Cuthbert on Hockey Night in fucking Canada literally says all the time, oh, there's been two calls against the Leafs, so you know we're getting the next one. Like, he doesn't say exactly those <laughs> words, but they got, they, the commentators say it. <laughs> what? Do you understand how, like,
0: how are how are we allowed to bet on this sport? Honestly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Like, like, that's what has to change. Consistency of refereeing. Listen, teams that win or lose, so be it. Whatever. You fucking win and lose, it is what it is. But power plays and penalties dictate a game. Let me bring you another example. Game six last year, Toronto, Tampa. Kerfoot and some other fucking, someone else took a penalty. I forget who it was. Five uh, five on three with Tampa Bay last year. You're going to get scored on off again, and especially when Jack Campbell's in net. So you're going to get scored on. Then in overtime, you know Tampa is winning that game because who got the last goal at the end of regulation? It always goes that way. Whoever ties the game gets the game win at the end. About what? I'd love to know the stat on that. Probably over 80% of the time. I'm that confident. But then, you know, in Toronto, game seven last year, Justin Hall thinks he's playing football and gets a little pick and roll, but he didn't even really pick and roll. He's just so dumb because he, he, he doesn't know where he is on the that end. That play yeah.
1: happens all the time all the time, For every team ever. and like okay, so now our premise is we don't call as much in the playoffs because we want to let the boys play. okay? Cool I can I can run with that. but now we're calling things that we don't even call in the regular season. okay. Can I get an explanation like the NBA where the referees have to talk to media after the game and they can explain to me the viewer who is supposed to be a diehard fan who doesn't understand the game? Oh, no, we won't let the referees talk and explain themselves. Why, why would we want that? I don't know. Why would we want that, Gary? Why would we? Why would we? That's all we need to do here. That's all that needs to be that's done. It. That's it! Account. You know, imagine if Wes McCauley goes after the game and goes, yeah, yeah. I messed up. I made the wrong call. I would go to sleep so much better knowing that Wes McCulley admitted to being wrong. Because you know what? That might be all I get. But I get right now is I get a big one of these and a big one of these from Gary Bettman after I watch every single game.
3: Every that, game. That to me is the worst part. Is that like, because if they just came out and said like, ah, oh, we, we, we fucked up. Like you're like, all right. It like happens. Human, hu- humans make mistakes. It it's fine. But instead we have Gary Batman saying they're the best in the world. They never make mistakes. They're world class. <laughs> they're this, they're that. And it's just, they're not. They're just not. And I know we have a time limit or else I'd go into goalie interference because as a Habs fan. Oh, we, what we, is goalie? We,
2: <laughs> no,
3: that's enough. That's enough.
2: We could also go into the Department of Player Safety. We could do it all. That deserves its own episode, honest to God. But I think that's Par's topic. So Gata- we said we were going to take a topic on Gata- You take, you take, uh, a, you take a topic.
3: Yeah, so uh, we have the NHL draft coming up on the 28th and 29th uh there's already been some rumors that teams are looking to move up the Habs being one of them uh so obviously bedard's going first you guys consensus Fantilli's going second to anaheim
0: yeah i'd say i agree he's he's gonna be fucking awesome yeah ben, he's gross is very good that's a great consolation price great consolation yeah.
3: and then uh, it gets interesting between three four and five do we think Michkov's gonna slip or where is he going uh i think you should pick the
1: best player available and regardless if he says he's going to show up to your team or not
2: um
1: so i think he goes in the top five for sure
2: so if you're taking the best player available honest to god there is a very very good case that he goes to yeah. right like yeah, this yeah
1: uh, i just uh should he probably
2: will he uh, probably not See, the thing is, there's there's a couple of things, couple of scenarios here that kind of make me make me tingle a little bit. So, whoever gets that kid, let's say you have to wait for what is it? 4 years. I think 3 or 4 years, yeah. 3 or 4 years for this for this guy. So, you got him coming in after developing and he's probably he's a, he's like a 20 21 22 year old now. He's coming in for 3 years at 950 on his entry level deal. Can you, and you're also a bottom-feeding team who's looking to be a little bit better in about three, four years. And now you can add that kid at 9.50 per for three years. What's so wrong with that? I don't see a whole lot wrong with that. A, a little birdie, I've been, a little chirpy, chirpy birdie told me that it's somewhere between five and eight, but th- I think that's silly. I think that there's teams, like if these things teams think that they're going to take these kids ahead of M- Matt Vemichkov. And that they're going to help them be any more of a contender between now and the time Matvei Michkov is is available, they're they're just flat out wrong. I I think that they're flat out wrong because they're just not good hockey teams. We're talking about the Columbus Blue Jackets of the world, um, Anaheim even it too, like there's you know like d- these aren't good hockey. San Jose, like what what are you thinking here? You're you're not going to contend next year. Pardon. Montreal. Montreal's a better
3: <laughs> <laughs> I knew you, you didn't it. want to say it out. Yeah, yeah. You said it. Well, and that, so, that, 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 That's my picture. If Mitch Cobb's at five, the Habs have to take him. I don't care who to. else is available. If he's at five, you take him. You yep. add him to Caulfield, Suzuki, Slavkovsky in a couple of years, that's deadly. Well,
2: And he has said that he does want to play in the NHL. He did sign the contract saying that he is not going to play in the NHL for a few <laughs> years, but... Think of a bit. Think of it like Kareel Kaprizov or Temi Panarin. Think of it of nice little nine fifty three years and just botter on that. Like that's that's perfect ROI. I'll anyway.
0: say right now: Bedard will be one, Fantilli will be two, Leo Carlson will be three, and I'm going to say four is going to be between one of three players: Will Smith, Ryan Leonard, Ed, and Mchedkov. And I'm going to throw another name in there that's kind of, you know, people forgetting Dvorsky. Deobar uh, Dvorsky is another very good talent. But I'm going to say right now for four, I think uh, San Jose thinks they're getting the the singer and the rapper and the actor, Will Smith. Uh, and then fifth they're going to take is Montreal will get Meechkov. I think having Meechkov along, so you got Suzuki there, you got got... Uh, what am I forgetting? Salkovsky. So, uh, I always butcher his last name. Uh, but you got a good, some European in there, right, where Mijkov might be a little enticed. It's Montreal. It's a very passionate fan base. Montreal, I think, is a little bit ahead uh, than uh, than Chicago is. I think they're ahead of San Jose. Is. They got Suzuki. You got some guys there that are decent fits. You just got to fill in some of those gaps. And I think Mijkov is that guy that could fill. But let me tell you, I only predicted that that core because of simply what the team's needs are, okay. And as I'm not just looking at mock drafts or saying that Leo Carlson's a very special talent too. I think he's going to be a very good center, top six. But Columbus should take Beechkov third. I'm telling you right now. I'm still taking Fantilli over Beechkov for two reasons. One, Fantilli is Canadian, and I'm a Canadian boy, obviously. Two, I think Don I'm, Cherry taught you right. I think Fantilli. <laughs> I think Fantilli is still better. I'm a fan. of Fantilli. I. I think he could be neck and neck with Bedard in a lot of different things. He won't be better, but I think, I think you're getting a good number two there. But I think if Columbus is smart, they should be taking Michikov, but it's he, it is going to be fifth. It will be Montreal. That's my.
2: I like that. Parsi, anything to add here?
1: No, like I was just saying, before we started recording, like I have not been paying attention to anything hockey related at all because of how frustrated I am, as you could probably tell by all my screaming. Um, So I don't really know what's going on with the draft. I the Leafs are picking, I don't know, 28th, maybe? Is that what they're doing? They got to pick somewhere?
3: Uh, yeah. Uh,
2: twenty yeah. eight. yeah.
1: Yeah. Fire <laughs> that into the sun and go turn that into somebody. Uh, and that's been my – that's been all I know about the draft. So I got nothing here. Good luck, Tree Living. Good
0: luck. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. luck. <laughs> here you go. Here's the yeah. – here you go. Good luck. Right. Uh, it's a couple more topics. We'll make it quick, I guess, Abe. I know we're – Par, I know you were kind of in a row. Yeah, like
1: I, I got to like go. So. You're, you're,
0: you're sitting tight. You got it. You got two more quick topics. Avery will beat it off.
2: All right, Dave, do you want to cook yours first or I can take one?
0: I'll let you take it because I'll keep mine very, just very brief.
2: Okay, I just want to talk about the Hockey Hall of Fame induction class. Uh, I think it's an epic failure. Um, I think Alexander McGin- McGilney, who not only is he the first hockey player who defected uh, to play in North American sports, he's the first athlete. Who defected to play in North American sports, and that it's in like itself, that. Uh, that in itself gets him into the Hockey Hall of Fame. And the fact that he's not there is an absolute disgrace. I think Tom Barrasso being in the Hockey Hall of Fame ahead of um ahead of Curtis Joseph is another absolute disgrace. I think there should should have been at least two women uh inducted this year. There was one. Yeah, it, it was it's an all around
0: well failure. Well said. Well said. Well said. Joke, along with the referee, a fucking joke. That's what I'll say. It's a
2: joke. Prom- it's probably bad PR to put a Russian in right now, but yeah, he's got to be in there. No, like, that. but what he did is so symbolic of of an entire generation of hockey. It's unreal that he's not in the Hall of Fame, man. Unreal. Uh, like, I, it's disgusting. But anyway. I, all these things that make us mad. Do we even really like this sport? <laughs> I like the sport. Do we like the league? No, th- I've said that forever. I love the sport of hockey. I hate the National Hockey League, honestly. Mm. Anyway.
0: Yeah. My last one is uh, very, very simple. Uh, Yes or no answer. Let's go around the horn. Will there be a blockbuster trade at the draft? And I'm not going to say what it is. I'm just going to say blockbuster trade in general. I'm keeping it very broad. If you have a trade in mind, feel free to say it. Uh, I'll probably say one that's going to make people fucking laugh. But you know what? That's why I'm here. Um, I'll I'll let you lead the charge, Avery, on who you want to – answer yes or no first
2: par's ego first i was gonna say me but i have no idea i'm trying gonna have yeah. to i'm, I'm gonna say
1: there. yeah because the ufa sucks so bad that if you want to really make an upgrade that you'll have to do it with a trade and draft picks are a good thing to add to blockbuster trades yeah
3: katana uh, i'm gonna say yes uh rumors are the habs are looking to move up uh it might just be due diligence it might be you know serious interest but uh if they're looking to move up, I'm going to assume other teams are too. And I feel like uh, getting that other two or three pick for Fantilli or Mitch Cobb is going to cost uh, cost a whole hell of a lot.
0: Dave? Yes, I'll say there will be more than one. I'll say there'll be actually three. I'll take the over on that for sure. I think because of Par's one And two, you want a bold trade prediction? Fuck it. Here it goes. The core four is getting split. And no, I knew not it. Matthews, not Matthews. I knew you were going there, man. Not Matthews. <laughs> not Matthews. Matthews it's Marner. Matthews. No, not Marner. Matthews will re-sign before the draft. There you want one prediction. He will re-sign. I've been listening. There's a very well-known sports writer in Detroit. He's actually friends with the show, and he's been hearing a lot in Detroit about Edmondson and all that, but it seems like, and I'm going to cook this up, and you can look this up, Willie Nylander, Timothy Lilligrid, a future second to Detroit for Moritz Cider. That's the rumor that came out of Detroit a week that ago. Is, <laughs> Look that is you know. a no. dog shit no. trade. Let me tell you, it's, it is, but let me tell you That something. is very, so bad, Dave. That's very, so bad. Listen, listen, very Toronto-like trade, but I'm going to say Willie Nylander's a 90-point guy. Sign and trade, they get a defenseman, they love their Swedes, Side. I wouldn't
1: even do Nylander
0: straight up for don't Cider, me. let alone throwing in a top four and a get gold fucking... Yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm making a prediction. Let me tell you, how much are you paying for Wooly Nylander in the open market? I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm probably going to run it back even if I have to walk into free
2: agency. Listen listen to me right now. Gatano can attest to this. I am a Moritz <laughs> Cider enthusiast. I me love too. that guy. I think he is... A very very good
0: hockey player. Not saying it's gonna a ro- happen. A, role, a Rolls Royce. Royce,
3: a Rolls Royce of a defender. That's that's not happening though.
0: Yeah, uh, no, it's, that's it's, insane. It is a very very bold thing that I read, and I like it more than I say it. So I want it to be the one that says it on a podcast, just in case it fucking happens, so we can rerun that back, <laughs> and then I'm gonna credit the Detroit guy who I know that wrote. Well, those a guy that wrote it. And then I'm just gonna say, Eisman, that is literally probably the worst trade you made as a GM if that actually happens. But uh, so I'm saying it's—I'm not saying that I think it's gonna happen. I'm just making a prediction that it would, and there's a difference.
1: I will eat a Carolina Reaper on the next show if that happens. Throw Throw me me in there. there. I'll—I'll do one too. Put it
0: on your dick. You got to dip it on your dick. That's how much. If you don't believe that. Yeah. Yeah, put it on your and put it on your eyes. And and
1: then I'll write, I'll write flawless (laughs) roofing. I know that's probably too many (laughs) letters, but I'll do something. Maybe, maybe like FR or something like that.
0: (laughs) Hey, he would like that shout out. That's fine. He would think that's funny. Oh, okay.
2: So just quickly, I never answered there. I'm going to go with no. And I just don't see anybody. I can't really think of anybody available. I think montreal doesn't need to move up i think they can get michkov at at five and i think that's important um i just don't see like are we thinking like a Hubert kachuk kind of situation because like there's no blockbusters in the nhl anymore like i i know that we hear these reporters and and these insiders tell us all the time how many trades there's going to be there's never any fucking trades we got like one last year man it's just like i don't know so that's why i'm gonna say no uh so that'll be it for this episode of Top Shelf. Uh, we just wanted to say thank you. This is the finale. Um, I'm going to throw it over to Parsy to do a, a, an ad read here for us. And uh, and then, Dave, if you want to close out the show, or are we just going to sh- send her off that way? Yeah, I'll do a
0: message, a quick message, and I'll let you close it off. I'll just do another quick message uh, after Parsi's ad.
2: Okay.
1: Dave, it's Sorry, just is it the same read or don't ask me I... <laughs> you only you only sent me one you only sent me one to do here yeah same one part same one are you kidding me we literally <laughs> just said i was gonna write them on my wiener on a show and we got all right i'll do the read. i'll do the read. you know, not flawless roofing you, you guys deserve it <clears throat> flawless roofing sure seal incorporated protect your investment and start from the top over 30 years experience where else do you think you're gonna go who else is going to talk about writing your name on their wiener? Flawless <laughs> Roofing, the investment protector of the Game Sports Show and the Top Shelf Podcast.
0: Uh, I'm give that guy's going to love that. He'll love that. Denny's going to love that. You'll love that. Uh, I think. Uh, so my little <laughs> uh, my shout-out will be again. We'll have an upcoming Game Sports Show podcast uh, coming up the next week or so. Bitter Rivals at their hundredth episode. Check out T Uh, for that episode. You'll be up today for us. It's on their uh, podcast channel, or uh, YouTube channel, sorry, and also on their podcast platform, so you can check it out. Uh, But again, TGM's going to have a name change, 91 end coming in the next couple weeks. Very exciting. Uh, so make sure you tune in. If you're doing a podcast and you want it aired on our platform, you can reach out to me or one of the fellas or anyone that does the show on the Gain Sports Show or T-Jam. So make sure you hit like, follow, and subscribe. And again, we'll have some upcoming episodes this summer. The schedule is pretty straightforward uh, with football and hockey taking a little bit of a break. We're going to have special edition podcast uploads, Gain Sports Show podcast, and Strike Zone uploads will be the three episodes throughout the summer. And a reminder, we will be having our usual August vacation uh, and that's actually where I'm getting married as well. So there's the other part as the vacation. And Par is actually the officiant at my wedding. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Par is my officiant at the wedding, so that's going to be fun. So that's my message, Avery. uh Leave it off to you to close it up.
2: All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening to this episode of Top Shelf. This has been the season finale for the 2022-2023 hockey season stanley cup champions vegas golden knights we will talk to you on the next episode of top shelf whoever will be talking to you it will be sometime around september or october until then keep your stick on the ice